on Big V Racing. Green light on with Dan Maliki. Yeah, it's time for Green Light On to preview the weekend's trots action and what a weekend it is. We've got the AG oh sorry, the Delray National AG Hunter Cup on Saturday night. We've also got the Great Southern Star on Friday night. Two huge nights of racing at Tabcorp Melton. Dan Malecki will be calling the action and he joins us. Hello, Dan. Yeah, thank you very much, Matt. Yeah, it's great, isn't it? It's a wonderful uh, couple of days of racing. All trotting program on Friday night with the Great Southern Star and, and, and that concept with the horses race twice in the one night, a la the Elite Lop. And, and of course, the Hunter Cup Saturday night. And it's not often the Hunter Cup can be trumped by uh, a marquee horse running in another race, but that may well be the case Saturday night. I'll leave that up to the discretion of all our listeners and you guys. Yeah, the Ravo, as we now, him, now know him, Captain Ravishing Danny... It's, it's now up to... I'm not sort of potting the hype, and I think the hype's been great because it's created a lot of interest, but now um, it's back to you, Captain Ravishing, to, uh, to to live up to the hype. Yeah, absolutely, and and we're excited by it. And and that's, that's something that any uh, racing enthusiast of all three codes, you look forward to the stars or the potential stars. We see it happen all the time. Um, bubbles may burst, and and others um, uh, continue on uh, onwards and upwards and um, the expectation is is high with Captain Ravishing so regardless of what happens it's not about the punt I heard you guys mentioning before and I think a lot of the times the drive um, for this turnover is it's a bit sickening in a way you know because we love the horses we love the animals and when you get your winxes your black caviars in this case Captain Ravishing they're too short to back it's not interesting you, you love the animal and you love the industry and that's what's key and and they're one of the aspects of it that i love is people the forefront of mine is not trying to back the winner they want to see a champion and it doesn't matter if it's a sport or a racing industry no that's exactly right you just look at the the record crowd numbers there were on course when winks and black caviar were going around dan it, it highlights exactly the fact that you've just stated uh, we're very lucky to speak to you uh, each and every week dan i believe you've got a sponsor yeah, Lower Long Farms have been terrific supporters for us and Greenlight On, and they're very excited to present yearlings from the first crop of resident stallions Poster Boy, Soho Tribeca, Lather Up and Pastor Stephen at the Melbourne Nutrient Sale from April 1 to 3. Reflecting the strong support the former formidable racehorses received in the breeding barn, each stallion is represented by a number of quality lots whose racetrack futures are eagerly anticipated. All Poster Boy and Soho Tribeca offs Spring and those by fellow residents Yankee Rockstar are also eligible for Vicbred Pure first win bonuses of $12,000 an exciting initiative that increases the earning capacity of your purchase. Detailed information on each lot including pedigrees, photos and videos will be available at nutrientequine.com.au and on-farming inspections are welcome by appointment Lower Long Farms where quality is our priority Good on you, Dan. And if you agree with Dan that uh, Captain Ravishing is the second coming of Jesus, one three hundred six five two nine two seven. John Lennon got into trouble for saying something like that. <laughs> yeah, so we're bigger I, than... I definitely didn't say that. I didn't realise he was that fast, Jesus. Yeah, no, mate. Well, he, obviously <laughs> he could walk on water. Yeah, he hey. could do anything, Jesus. He was. That's why he was Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Hey, one three hundred six five two nine two seven. If you want to talk to the great Dan Malecki and talk about anything harness racing related or anything related to anything. 
uh, feel free. one three hundred six five two nine two seven to put a voice to it. SMS 0416 90 oh, Great opportunity if you want to have a chat to the voice of Harness Racing here in Victoria. Uh, Dan, when we spoke on Monday on, on Gate Speed, uh, we didn't have the barrier draw at that stage for the Hunter Cup. And um, at that stage, we thought Copy, that was a pretty good price. Funnily enough, yeah. he, he, he really trimmed up after that barrier draw, but he's drifted back out again. You're getting $3 with tab.com.au. What do you make of the AG Hunter Cup and the, and the barrier draw? Yeah, look, I think uh, I, I think a likely scenario, perhaps the most likely scenario, is that Spirit of St. Louis can hold up in the initial part and then copy that can be right there to put the pressure on early uh, and work to the front, not dissimilar to what happened in the Ballarat Cup. There is a sprint lane at Melton, and that'll suit Spirit of St. Louis, who's a good sit sprinter. I can't see anything else really coming out of the gate. Torrid Saint, who's a quick beginner, I would think would angle for a peg line run. He could end up three pegs and ultimately four pegs. He was in a similar spot to run second in the Inter-Dominion Grand Final, so I think they'll look for that position. Honolulu Bay is best when he can balance and come with one run, uh, not just a, a, a blind sit sprinter, but he can be strong enough over the last 12 or 1,400 metres of his races, so I don't think he'll get used up early. Triple that, triple eight hasn't got the gate speed. I think I, I cast no shadow. He gets out pretty good, but I don't think it's enough to cross Spirit of St. Louis. MacDan can be a quick beginner, but not always reliably fast away. He, he could be that horse that could change things up a bit and throw a spanner in the works, but I can see Copy that working to the front. If he gets to the front, he's clearly going to be the horse to beat. So $3, look, I say $3, it's hard to say $3 value because you know how keen I was on him in the Ballarat Cup and you could have got $4.80. And if anything, this is a slightly stronger field. But I think he showed that he's back to his best. It's the real Copy that. And he will have improved a length or two from that Ballarat Cup, Ballarat Cup run. And whatever you saw there, he's going to be marginally better. And his best is better than any other horse in this race, to my mind. What's the best roughy, Daniel? Um, you know, Torrid Saint could run a place at 100 to 1. Um, he could, or, or put into your first four to run fourth. If it's a peg line race and copy that lead, Spirit of St. Louis behind, Hurricane Harley, three pegs, four back the inside Torrid Saint. You know, he could give you a run for your money, although it'll be uh, nerve-wracking biting your fingernails over the last 100 metres as he attempts the sprint lane. Honolulu Bay, I think, is the best chance that may not be on the pegs. He's going so well. He's run at Ballarat first up, was outstanding. The ground that he took off, copy that, was extraordinary, really. And he's a top-quality pacer. And he'll probably end up in a good spot early. It just depends on how many mid-race moves. Uh, are there to shuffle him back. But uh, he can produce a, a big burst. And uh, he's the other one in the mix there. So uh, I'm tipping copy that from Spirit of St. Louis. I think um, Honolulu Bay is the other winning chance. So I've got three key winning chances here. Uh, but that's based on the scenario that I've just explained to you. And, and the roughie uh, would be a, a torrid saint that might sneak into fourth. Yeah, it's a great race. I can't wait for it. It always is. Uh, hopefully I can catch up with Ray Green tomorrow on uh, Big V Racing. It can be a little bit hard to get a hold of, but it'd be great to catch up with him as Copy That attempts to win the Hunter Cup there on Saturday night. We've spoken a little bit about Captain Ravishing, and he's a short price favourite, obviously, in that four-year-old Bonanza. Dan, is there any horse in that field that you think could cause an upset? Oh, himself, Captain Ravishing. He's the only... He can only upset himself, I think. Um, look, this is a high-quality race, and there are good horses in there. There's a couple of Kiwis that haven't raced in Australia before. Invitation only, new stable. The only decision, new stable. But um, if Captain Ravishing turns up 
just like he did at the trials a couple of weeks ago, he was given a real serious uh, hit out, or last week it was, um, and uh, he, he's right for this. So, um, And it doesn't matter whether he leads or sits without cover. It just doesn't matter. He, he should still be too good. Um, he's a son of a gun, is a, is a Group 1 winner, but I'm not sure he's going well enough to be able to win. Captain Ravishing would have to underperform or something to, to go awry uh, to get beaten, which is often the case when you get the horses that are such short price favourites and have... Um have such a, a big appeal as he does. But he's still earlier on in the prep, and I expect that whatever he does, he's going to improve on again. Uh, but his next start will be the Chariots of Fire after this. He has to win this race to be assured of a start in the Chariots of Fire. If he doesn't win it, uh, then it'll be an interesting scenario because there are two, two races next week. The top four go in for the uh, Chariots of Fire, so they might have to change plan and run again. But um, one step at a time, and it'd be a shock to all if he was to have his colours lowered uh, in the four-year-old Bonanza, which is race three Saturday night. It's early on in the night. It's at 7.04, so you'll want to get settled in early with... Uh, whether it's a beverage or pizza or something you cook yourself, home delivery, Uber Eats, but it's on racing.com as well, so you can get as comfortable as you want and maybe a good idea to even tie up a few tips of Matty Stewart's, maybe taking his quaddy late in the, late in the day, yeah. whatever you get back on that, which often is a duck egg, but I've got faith he's due, and then we can load up on a few races earlier on at, uh, at Melton. I might order every... my food before I take that quaddy, Dan, just so True. I've got some money. Almost, almost every food suggestion you made there was full of calories, Dan. <laughs> yes. um, now, listen. Oh, but it's, it's the night to, to, to let yourself go, it is. isn't it? It's a cup night. What do you do Melbourne Cup Week? Do you just drink water and, and Rice Krispies? Well, sometimes <laughs> you just got to draw a line, Dan. Hey, um, <laughs> Captain Ravishing, I'm a bit fascinated by the fascination of him, if you... So, do you think he'll stretch out over, like, I know everyone's talking about him as a speed horse, he's the speed yeah. horse, he's the fastest, and we're talking about Miracle Miles, and I'm not sure what the Chariots of Fire distance is, but has he... Mile. Can he, can he roll, can he mature into a, a bigger sphere than just being the fastest horse? Could, do you ever imagine him being a, uh, you know, into, into Dominion type horse, or winning over the 2380 or further, or... Does he feel like a horse that's already in a category? Um, maybe, but there were, there were pretty much three distances they work off at the trots. You've got the short distance, which is generally around the mile. In this case, 1,720 metres Saturday night. The middle distance, which is around that 2,200, or at least it is at Melton. And then you've got the trips beyond a mile and a half. And often your Hunter Cups and your Inter Dominions will be 27, 28 uh, to 3,000, New Zealand Cup 3,200. I, I, I think he can get those trips, but I think he excels at the shorter distances. And he's not a, just a, a brilliant beginner. He, he's not like a, a horse uh, you'd remember uh, Matt Stewart in, in Level Advice, who's mm. one of the fastest horses off a gate. He hasn't got that blinding gate speed. But when you wind up this fellow, he is, I call him the equine jet. Well, he's a Concord. Uh, he just does supersonic stuff, almost at, uh, at Mark 1 speed. So um, I see him as f f a better sprinter. I mean, you talk about Black Caviar. Why would you run her at 2,000 metres? You know, she'd probably win at that trip, but why? She excels at those distances. So he will get his opportunity uh, as races come up uh, over time, but there wouldn't be too many options to go beyond uh, 2,200 metres. He's got the track record at 2,200 metres, and he eclipsed the record that was held by Lock and Varad and Hurricane Harley uh, to take a bit of time off that track record. And he's getting stronger. He's only had the dozen starts, and when the opportunities arise and he has the right preparations to be trained for those longer trips, I think 
you'll be fine. But leap to fame lowered his colours in the Victoria Derby when it was run over the more traditional uh, staying trip of 2,700. Uh, Dan, also on the night on Saturday is the Ladyship Cup, and it's a, a good race. Everyone's favourite horse, Tough Tilly's the short price favourite. What are your thoughts here in the Ladyship Cup? I must admit, I, when the prices come up, I was surprised Tough Tilly was so short. Um, I was really surprised. I thought she'd be far more backable than the dollar thirty-five on offer. She's a much better horse in front. She's a good beginner, sometimes a fast beginner, but out wider she gets out better. Horses like Tay-Tay, Doug's Babe and Celestial Fragrance in particular, it'll be 100 to 1, but it is a brilliant beginner. So uh, the challenge is on early. I'm thinking she's she may well get crossed. And then over 1,700, it's a bit harder then to take get the retake. They're going to keep running. So I thought it was a race where I wouldn't be frightened to have uh, uh, some horses at value. Amore Vita might be suited here if they just keep running from the start. It might be that sort of race. And she comes off the back of a last start, Group 1 win, and fresh. And I reckon it'll suit more Vita. So I, I don't want to pot tough Tilly, but I'm potting the price. Friday night, Dan, we've also got the great Southern Star. We've touched on what a wonderful concept it is. Um, what are your thoughts heading into the series? Yeah, look, it's, it's not really a series that I could... Uh, attempt to try to push somebody into backing a horse to win because there's so much to evolve through the course of A, the heats and qualifying and then into the final and getting the barrier draws and the horses being able to back up. Um, it's been pretty exciting the last couple of years. I've I got to say, I've got to put it out there, I wasn't sure it was going to work, um, but it did and it has and, uh, and I'm looking forward to it. I just wonder now whether or not this Great Southern Star would be better placed on last Saturday night. I reckon last Saturday night's become a bit weaker and this would um, make it far stronger. Um, but the, the Friday, Saturday, Alara, Manicato, Cox Plate uh, double header is, is also of appeal. But the race itself is terrific. We've got our best trotters there and there's not a lot between all of them. So that's where barrier draws come right into it. Um, so there's a lot to look forward to. Uh, each of the two heats, which are races three and four, are stacked with talent, and the barrier draws actually make it quite challenging. Um, the top three in each heat will go through this year, uh, which means six automatically qualify, and the other four will be the four next fastest uh, to get through. So effectively, you could have seven go through from one heat, which I think might have happened uh, last year. So the advantage is probably being with the horses in the second heat, once you know the time in the first heat, there'll be a few nervous trainers with horses that ran fourth and fifth, whereas in the second heat, you're going to know to get in there, you're going to have to run at a certain time. And I don't mind that. I think it, it, it gives away with a boring race. And Matt Stewart, you've been on to me about that a couple of times. Last year's Hunter Cup really uh, aesthetically mm. you know, wasn't that fantastic, nor was the Inter-Dominion, and I get that. And that's where the chain's up with the Great Southern Star. It is a lap shorter. Uh, but with those conditions involved, I think they are sure that they're going to be interesting races, or at least they should be, and definitely the second heat will be. Yeah, I think anything that can be done to invite a more stern competition and, and, and the races on earlier and things are taking shape, and if you can reduce the holding pattern in any race, whether it's gallops or... Trots, then, um, then I think you uh, you create a much better spectacle for sure. Yeah, yeah, and look, the talent is there as well. So, as I said, this is based on the elite lot. They have uh, it's considered the best trot race in in all of uh, all of Europe uh, and in Sweden, of course, and um, where it's held. And they 
they base it on this two heats. Horses qualify, get into a final. We've had a few horses over time. Lyle Creek, one horse in particular that was able to go over there. Night Pistol tried to get in there, ended up winning in Scandinavia uh, through that campaign. Um, but it makes for a terrific race. So when you're looking for the final and race nine, you think, where are the fields? The fields won't be known until after race number four, and then a barrier draw takes place. So it won't be until about... Oh, I'd say uh, about 8.30 before the field is known and goes up for race number nine. And that's why it's outside the legs of the quaddy, even though it's a Group 1 $300,000 race. Just as an aside, it's something that uh, you and I may have discussed, it, but I know that McGeeran and I had a really good, long discussion about this uh, when we had a... With, with all these heats and final series that go on at the harness, and one of the little niggles that I have that could probably be addressed by more uh, a more even spread of prize money between heats and finals is... That grey area of almost integrity in some small way when you know that you the, the, the heats, which are a race that people are betting on, are not worth enough to generate what would be a normal unfolding race scenario that would in, unfold mm. in a final and whether the heats have to, be made, were, have to be worth more so they are more worth winning, not just qualifying through. So, yeah, I, I know I, where you're coming I, yeah. from with, with that. Uh, but again, uh, you know, that's no different to the thoroughbreds. Just because there's not a heat that goes into a final, there are horses that run in Group 1 races first up. They're nowhere near ready, and mm. they're treated as somewhere between a trial and a race with improvement to come out of that. So I, I think it's a similar setup. I mean, if you have got a heat and you've got a goal, your first goal, it has to be qualifying, whether it's first or sixth. That's got to be your first goal. I think the first then, goal is to win the race. Well, I don't think it is. If I own that horse and I wanted to drive that horse and I trained that horse, my mm. first goal is to get it into the grand final next week. Yeah, You yeah. cannot play in a grand final unless you win the preliminary final or, or qualify to get mm. there. And so I reckon that's the first, whether you call it a hurdle, first objective. Yeah. And the other, because sometimes the barrier draws are the key and they're, they're more... Uh, important in a harness race than, than they are to a degree in, in say, a thoroughbred race. Um, a greyhound race, they're equally as important as well. So um, I know where you're coming from. It can lead to boring racing. If you get the, the right or the wrong horses drawn to lead, it can be pretty boring. The pegs can be dominated. It's more about whether you feel that you're getting a, a fair and reasonable run for your money, even though there is an understanding. Yeah, okay, there's a final coming up. Anyway, look, I know, that won't just happen feels... tomorrow night, though. Yeah, that won't exactly. happen. Exactly. With, with these trot yeah. rate, the yeah. way that they've been set up, that won't happen. That actually uh, takes away, alleviates any of the things you've talked about. Sometimes yep. you see it in a Vic Bread heat or a yep. Breeders' Crown heat or yep. all those types of races. But that won't happen here because first three are through and then it's time. So based on the time in the first race, everybody that runs fourth or fifth, they want to have a serious hit out to qualify. And then the ones in the next take know they've got to go a certain time and run fast. So I think it makes for great racing. Yeah. Then all the horses get vetted that qualify naturally. Horse welfare number one, and then they back up later on. I mean, do you like that concept of horses running twice in the one day? And remember, oh, I love this it. was... This happened a lot, you know, pre, say, Second World War. We've got champion racehorses that did it on many, many occasions and quite successfully. So, and sometimes they do it three times. So um, in the harness, it's happened uh, not that often, but it's still popular enough in uh, Europe's greatest race. So do you like it, both, Mats? Mm. Uh, it's funny. We were talking to Razor Douglas the other day about the old days at the picnics where they did race twice, some of them race twice in a day, but... 
I think yeah. in the gallops, in an integra- in a welfare sense, I think I understand why they had a blanket rule about it. And I, on balance, I, I go with that. But I think harness horses are different. They're built differently. Yeah. Um, they recover differently. The, the, the exertion is different. There's, it, it allows itself for... To, to go back into battle more quickly. So I, th- I think there's a difference between the galloper and the trotter in this, and I, yeah. I'm more than happy for the trotters to back up, as long as there's you know, proper veterinary scrutiny and all that sort of stuff. But I'm very accepting of the fact that the gallopers don't do it anymore. I, I agree with all of those points you just made, mm. Matt. And the reason I love it, Dan, is because it's different. I know it was more common years ago, but we don't see it all that often anymore. And I think any opportunity you see something different in racing these days is a good thing because sometimes it can become a little bit sterile and mundane and you can shake things up with things like this that just look and feel different. And that's why I like it. Yeah, definitely. And even to bet on it as a whole, you can get reasonable prices on horses if you want to take pre-post about them. I mean, they could blow right out the door, back a $5 shot that turns 33s, but alternatively, it could happen the other way as well. And, and it's a good ride. You can back a horse that's in a heat for the final and get two runs for your money. And I, I think that's decent entertainment nowadays. Dan, it's such an exciting weekend. Uh, we wish you all the best with the calls. We'll, we'll hear, obviously, from you throughout the next couple of days here on RSN 927. Good luck. We can't wait for it. Thanks, guys. And as I say uh, farewell for today, Lochinvar Art will be having yes. his first start Saturday night at the Meadowlands. He drew barrier four. Uh, so it's our Sunday morning, but uh, he races over there. So we wish Kevin Gordon all the best with him. And we'll have a follow-up with him after the weekend. And of course, he won the Hunter Cup just a couple of years ago. So it's appropriate that perhaps he kicks off his US campaign on that date. And King of Swing this week was named uh, Australian Horse of the Year for the third time, one of only three horses to be uh, named to do so. He's king of the horse of the year, that's for sure. And full gourmet coverage, of course, of uh, Friday and Saturday night, but mostly Saturday night with a dual hit of RSN's coverage and also free-to-air on .com, Dan. Yeah, no excuse not be able to hear it or watch it. Racing.com 78 and 68, uh, the free-to-air channels for the Hunter Cup program. Trots Vision, of course, all through Friday night and Saturday night. And as you said, uh, quite extensive coverage, as you would expect and as per usual with, uh, with RSN. Good on you, Dan. Go well over the weekend. We can't wait. Thanks, fellas.